Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. How's everybody doing today? Good? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. How's everybody else doing today? Good? Okay, that's what I thought. Hey, listen, man, we are so excited to have you guys with us today. Man, before I move on too much further, I want to give a special shout out to a particular group of people, man. We, we, uh, we made a few changes, even coming into AMC. Like, uh, we got in here, we've been in here for about uh, three months, two and a half, I don't remember, I forgot, I lost track already. But we've been in here for a little while now, three months, and um, at the three-month mark, I had some plans. I was like, all right, we're going to change a few things, we're going to add to what we set up, and uh, so I text my man Adam, uh, who heads up our crew. Uh, shout out to Adam. He does a, con- a phenomenal job with the crew and our guys and, and girls. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I said, hey, we got changes coming, just so you know. So we added, you know, uh, quite a few things today and the crew just rolled with it. And so, man, I want us to give a shout out to all of our teams that put this whole thing up and tear it all back down. Man, let's put our hands together. Man, we love you guys. You're my heroes. I want to say a special thank you. You guys matter so much, and uh, it's wild. Uh, we walk into an empty room at six o'clock, or sorry, yeah, at six o'clock, and by six fifty-five, this is set up. Um, and so, in fifty-five minutes, this happens. And if you want to be a part of it, uh, come to Growth Track, and you can find out more. Okay, so uh, anyone that wants to be part of the one of the best teams in Pensacola, um, there's only seventeen good teams. Um, so just know that there's only seventeen teams, but. Um, but nonetheless, man, we're super excited. Shout out to you guys. Love you, love you, love you. Take out your notes. We're going to jump into what we have today. Jumping straight into the Heart of the House series, like Pastor Justin said. And, and just like he mentioned, man, we're, we're going through the 11, our 11 codes. So we have a TC code, and there's 11 statements that define culturally what we believe, like the things that matter the most to us. And so we're, we're going through those codes. And so today we're jumping straight in. If you got, you got your paper notes and your worship guide, if you want to uh, hit the digital notes, then you can text the word notes to 62488. Just text the word notes, 62488, and it'll send you a link and you can jump in. And you can actually follow along on your smartphone. So uh, feel free to take advantage of, of all those things. But uh, we're going to jump straight in. Go ahead and take your notes out. And we're gonna do that. How many guys have ever? Uh, how many guys have ever spent a significant amount of money on a pair of sunglasses before? Just raise your hand. Want to see where you're at? Okay. The rest of y'all are like, nope. I got better stuff to do with my money. Okay. So, how many guys have ever bought some of them cheapos from the Tom Thumb? Raise your hand. You were in a bind. You just in a, you needed some help, right? Like the sun is just bad. I'm going to somewhere. I need. We got the, he hit the two dollar rack that spins. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. So, so uh, one of the things I realized is it is really hard work keeping track of expensive sunglasses. Y'all ever notice how like those things go missing and instantly your stomach hurts? Like I don't spend 120, 150, some of y'all spending 200, 300, I'm not, but some of y'all have. So, uh, but how many guys know when those go missing, you're like, man, you're trying to look everywhere for them, right? Now, how many of y'all know those cheapos are everywhere though? Like you can't lose them on purpose. I remember a comedian, Jeff Foxworthy, he said one time, he's like, those cheapos, man. He's like, I believe you could go deep sea fishing 30 miles off the coast, lean over the boat. They would fall off your head into the water and a scuba diver would come up from the ocean and be like, anybody lose some cheapos? Because those things are everywhere. My wife in particular. So I've spent a decent amount of money on sunglasses, not recently, but 
to me, it's like, well, I spend a lot of money on it, I keep track of it, I don't mind spending money on it if it's going to last me a while. My wife thinks I'm crazy. She's like, $120 on sunglasses? Absolutely not. But she don't mind spending $20, or even better yet, $5 on like 25 pair of sunglasses. Because every time I get in her car, I'm tripping over them. Y'all know, they're like falling out of the door. She's got 16 for different outfits. They got the pink lenses and the silver ones and the gold ones with the sparkles on the thing. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The other day, I didn't have any sunglasses, so I borrowed her pink lensed ones. Come at me, bro. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. So, but she was like, here, wear these. They look more masculine. I was like, don't tell me what to do, okay? So I'm a grown man. I'm just kidding. That's not what I said. Yes, ma'am. Anyway, so, but all that to say is uh, if you've ever lost something that mattered, an important pair of sunglasses, maybe your phone, right? That's, that's the worst thing in the world. And you can't call it because you don't have your phone to call it. So, but it's like when you find something, how many guys know that when you lose something, you don't care about all the found stuff. You only care about the lost stuff. And in our life, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Jesus is the same way. He's excited that all of us are in the church and all of us are in the kingdom of God and all of us are believing in Jesus. He's excited about that, but he's not so much concerned about us that are saved. He's still looking for that thing, that one, that person that is lost. And so we, as a church, we want to take on that same mentality. So the the phrase for today is uh, we leave the 99 every time. Say every time. We'll leave the 99 every time. And, and I fear that in, in, in churches, I, I'm not attacking the church whatsoever. I love the church. I still believe that the mobilized church is the hope of the world. I believe the only way that we're going to continue to see God's kingdom move forward on this earth is through the believers. That is you and I that are part of the church nation and worldwide. Can I get an amen on that? Like We need to see. That's why we give and support ARC, which is a church planning network, because we need more life-giving churches around the world and in our nation. There's enough life-taking ones. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, the Bible said, I was glad when I went to the house of the Lord. Not I was sad when I went to the house of the Lord, right? Or mad. No, no, no. Glad. And so I believe that it's going to take some work because there are some people that have been hurt, even by the church. And, man, we, we work hard to create an environment where people are loved. Erwin McManus puts it this way. He says, those that have been rejected by religion and are living like hell will only be won back by those who are living like heaven. And man, we have got to take on, and I believe that I'm, I believe I'm preaching to a group of people who agree with me and are going to continue to take one more step forward in this mission of leaving the 99 and going after the people that Jesus is looking at. Can I get an amen on that? And so we go on mission. And so it's, we're going to be, uh, we want to read a story from Luke 10. So you can go take out your notes, take out your digital, whatever, or your Bible. You can follow along with this. It's, uh, we're going to read six verses. It'll be on the screen. So just read along with me. Not out loud, but just read along with me. Because I want you to grab a hold of the, the reality of the story. So Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him. And then they departed, leaving him half dead. A priest was going down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Then a Levite saw him. And he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, say Samaritan, 
A Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Say compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he paid, for the, innkeep, or paid the innkeeper, saying, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So then Jesus posed the question and said, which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And we all know the answer is the Samaritan, right? But what I find odd is the priest walked by. And the priest represents leadership and ministry of any capacity. The Levite walked by, which represents the church in any capacity. And the, the leadership, got, the people that seemed to be leading God's people had no interest in the man that was hurting. And even the Levite, which represents God's people, had no interest in helping. But it took just a Samaritan. And hear me today. The people that are hurting around you don't need more of your church, even though I love our church. They don't need more of you talking about faith. They need more action of your faith. I'll put it like this. The people in our life that we're going to impact, they don't need the head knowledge of God that we have. They need the heart knowledge of God that we have. They don't need to know that we're going to pray for them. They need to actually see us do it. They don't need to know that we care about them. They need to actually feel us caring for them. And so, man, we have to live a life doing that. And so we leave the 99 every time. And the phrase that goes along with that, if you've been with us um, throughout any of the head of the, or the heart series, sorry, heart of the house, head in the hearts of band I listen to, nonetheless. Uh, heart of the house series, if you've been there, you know, we have a code and we have a tagline. The code, the code is we leave the 99 every time. The tagline is, we will always put more effort into reaching the lost than keeping the found. We'll always put more effort into reaching the lost than keeping the found. Luke 15.4 talks about this. and He, he says in Luke 15.4, what man of you having a hundred sheep, so how many of you that would have a hundred sheep, if you lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And he's posing the question saying, it doesn't matter what you have when, you're lo when you've lost something that you need. When you've lost something that matters. When you've lost something that you want. It doesn't matter what you may have. It doesn't matter what you may have found. There's still something missing and you're going after it. It still matters. And hear me today. If you're in this church and maybe this is the first time being here or, or first time being in any church service in, in your entire life, hear me today. You may have felt like you didn't matter. You may have felt like life has thrown so many things at you that you even wonder if someone is thinking about you. You may even wonder if the God that we sing about cares about you. I'm here to tell you, not only does he care about you, but he's willing to leave all of us for a while to go after you to bring you to a family that would love and take care of you and believe in you and inspire you and encourage you and uplift you and walk you through difficult roads and celebrate with you on good roads because that's what we do when we're living out this 99 lifestyle because for us at TC it's always about just one more we're going to keep going after say it with me just one more so the hard part is if you're not careful the thing that you love can become the thing that you hate. 
So one of the reasons, one of the things we hear a lot, right? And Pastor Dan was the same way. I'm the same way. As we used to hear it a lot, we'd be like, man, we just love how y'all are so real. You just tell us like it is. I, I, I am not traditionally known for mincing words. Anybody got some friends that you know exactly how they feel most of the time? That's that friend you got to warn your other friends before you bring them around. Like, hey, listen, they're going to say some stuff. Just be prepared. <laughs> when I'm not known for mincing words very much. We just tell you how it is. Why I care more about you getting whole than I care sometimes. Your feelings may have to get hurt to get healed. And sometimes we need that. Can I get an amen? I need that. I'd rather have someone speak the truth to me and watch me get healed than someone curdle me while I keep dying on the inside. But sometimes what you love about even the pastors may become what you hate because it's really easy to be encouraged from the stage. Sometimes it's hard to hear correction across the desk. See, I have people that sit, sit in my office and I'll be just as honest with them in my office as I am on the stage and they get their feelings hurt and say, Pastor, that's, I just, I, I, I'm not ready to hear that right now. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you wanted help. Because sometimes that's what it takes. Same thing that happens in our church. Now, I'm not, I'm not out to like make everybody miserable. That's not what I'm saying. If you hang out with me, we're going to have a good time. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's a party every day. So we're going to eat good food. Except right now, because I'm working on trying to lose some. Anyway, it's not important. Moving on. So, but what you love about our church even, because people love the mission of our church that we're going after. Listen, if you have a, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, uh, if you have a best friend, if you have a neighbor, if you have someone that you care deeply about and you know that they need Jesus before they end up in hell for eternity, because if you don't have Jesus, then you don't have an eternity that's secure in heaven and, and you know that they need something. Listen to me. We will make it our mission to help you go after your lost friends and family because we care that much about them. What inevitably happens sometimes, though, is the very thing that you love. You're like, man, I love that. I can't wait. It's, it's sometimes we can become self-consumed with what we wish things were and how we wish things look and the songs we wish they would sing and the way he wished he would preach and the way we wished people dressed and the way we wished they had a different age bracket for this and we wish this was happening. And all of a sudden, the thing we love about being on mission, when all of a sudden the whole church goes on mission and sometimes you feel like you're by yourself because you haven't stepped into the mission yet, could quickly be go from the thing you love to the thing that you hate. And what I'm here to tell you is don't let the vision of this house take you from this thing that we love and start to become something that you start to hate because you lose track of the mission. No, no, no. We're going together. Say together. We're going together. So I want to give you these three things. The reasons why we can leave the 99. The reasons why we can leave the 99s. Say why we can. Go ahead and say it. Turn to your neighbor and say, why we can. Look at the person on the other side of you. You just neglected. Say, why we can. So these are the reasons why we can leave the 99. The first one is that it, it's, not that you, it's not because you don't matter. It's because you do. It's not because you don't matter. It's because you do. You see, inevitably, what happens is because we design Sundays around People that are far from God. So we, we, we 
sing songs and we preach messages, everything we communicate, whether this is your first time being in a church service or whether you've been saved for years, we communicate everything on a level that no matter where you're at in your life today, you can understand that Jesus is for you, that he loves you, that he died for you and with you in mind, and that he's here to rescue you from wherever you may have come from to take you where he wants you to go. And so we build our church services that way. And sometimes people that have been saved a while, what it'll start to feel like is, is the question will cross your mind. Well, then do I really matter? And I'm here to tell you today that the mission, we leave the 99. And the reason we can leave the 99 isn't because you don't matter. Us going after the lost doesn't mean that the saved doesn't matter. Matter of fact, the only way we can go after the lost is that the saved does matter. You matter. You facilitating and accomplishing everything that Jesus put inside of you matters. Matter. We, we can leave the 99. Why? Because when we leave the 99 to go after the one, the 99 have to be ready and available to take care of themselves. So we have, sometimes we have people that have been saved five years and 10 years and 20 years, but they still haven't grabbed a hold of the fact that I can only do so much in your life before you have to start doing it for yourself. I just, I just, I just, I just need pastor. And no, 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 you just need Jesus. I am no savior. So what inevitably happens is, is that we have to carry the load together. How many of y'all know I ain't going out and running 10 miles tomorrow? Y'all don't have to laugh that hard. But I'm not going out and running 10 miles tomorrow for multiple reasons. One, I don't want to. But secondly, I can't run 10 miles right now. So I, because, because I'm not, but how do you know, I, 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 well, you may not know this. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you so you don't have to laugh again because I was hurtful, uh, that I'm not running 10 miles because I can't run 10 miles right now. Now I'm working it up, but I ain't there yet. So if I can't go that, but how, how many of you right now can't go out and run 10 miles? Go ahead and raise your hand all up in here. Okay. That's almost everybody. If you're not raising your hand, we're judging you. Just know, okay. All right, good. I just want you to know that. Looking at you like, Pfft. Anyways, Sandra, I'm, I'm joking. But how many of you guys know we may not be able to, none of us individually may be able to run 10 miles, but if 10 miles is the journey that God has called us to, 20 of us can take on a half a mile. Because you were never meant to carry your load by yourself. You were always meant to carry it in the context of the people around you. The problem is, is for many of us, we keep giving all of ourselves to people who are giving none of themselves to us. And we have got to buy into this idea. That's why, that's why small groups matter. That's why small groups matter, because we have to buy in to the relationships where people are encouraging us and lifting us up, and they're praying for us, and they're invested in us, and they care about what's going on in our life. They care about how uh, things are going. They care about our spiritual walk. They care about where we are with Jesus. They care and they want to help us. They want to lead us. They want to guide us. And that's why small groups matter because I may not be able to carry the load all by myself, but when we do it together, we can get there. That's the reason why uh, it's so important to me that people find out that we can leave the 99 because you matter because inside of you right now, and we've been talking about small groups a lot, but we haven't talked about growth track in a few weeks. And I'm here to tell you that inside of you right now is a purpose, is a destiny, is a specific design. You are the way you are. And the gifts inside of you are inside of you because God has put them in you for one reason and one reason alone. And that's to use what he gave you to make an impact in his kingdom. 
And what happens is sometimes we get so caught up on where we're not yet that we don't realize that God's already ready to take us where he wants to take us. And because we don't feel qualified, we disqualify ourselves. when God came to make the disqualified qualified. And so he, he steps into our life. He says, the things I've already put inside of, you, uh, inside of you, I want you to use them to make an impact in people's lives. And that's why Growth Track matters because for us, Growth Track is a four-week journey where we take you and we plug you into a four-week class and it's happening right now across the hall. Uh, and, and so starting next week or the first of next month, you can actually go to Growth Track and get the process started. The thing is that some people are like, I, Pastor, I don't even know what's inside. Like, I don't know what gifts I have. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know how I'm supposed to impact the kingdom. Guess what? We can help you with that. We have a system. Four weeks. Give me four weeks and get plugged into the growth track and let us help you get plugged into God's purpose for you. You want to know why? It's not because you don't matter. It's because you do. And we want to plug you into what God has for you because you matter and your purpose matters. Your gifting matters and God wants to use it to accomplish great things. Chris Hodges, uh, pastor of Church of Highland, says it like this. The two greatest days of your life are the day that you were born and then the day you discover why. He's already put purpose inside you. We want to help you find out what it is and then get you plugged into it. Because hear me today, there's no greater fulfillment you can have in your life than knowing you're making a difference in someone else's. God wants to operate through your life to bring the fulfillment that many of you are already searching for, you just haven't found yet. Romans 12, 10 says this, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Go out of your way to love people. We should be going out of our way to show honor, right? And so one of the ways that has to change is we got to stop approaching people from a 50-50 relationship context. See, a lot of us go into relationships with a 50-50 context in mind. I, I'm going to give some of me, you give some of you, we'll have a good relationship. Can I tell you something? I'm looking for people I can give all of myself to and they can give all of themselves to me and we can watch God take us to accomplish great things. That's like my wife. So I don't wake up every day telling myself like, all right, Brad, you're going to go out into the world today. There's going to be some scandalous women. Got to guard your heart. That's a, all right, I don't hype myself up in the mirror like, all right, all right, game day. All right, as you go into the world, don't look at any other women. That's not how I approach every day. Even though that's how some of you may approach every day. That's not how I approach every day. My wife, amazing and beautiful. You know what my goal is every day? To love her better today than I did yesterday. So I approach every day with the mentality, not of who I'm not looking at, but who I am looking at. And for some of you, just like I'm giving myself, I'm giving all my attention, everything I can, I'm giving to my wife. I'm trying to love her better today than I did yesterday. Some of you need to start giving your time, your energy, your effort to people who are trying to give it back to you rather than people who are trying to take it away from you. Because how many guys know there are some drainers out there? But God said, we need to surround ourselves with people that are building us up. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another in bitterness. That's not what it says. What does it say? Serve one another in love. We should be giving of ourselves. 
That's why it matters because we, we, we're really conscious about not letting certain things into the house. Matter of fact, we, we, we pay attention to the things that we don't allow into even our conversations. That's why when we never use the platform for a political agenda. We don't let politics into our house. We don't let politics into our small groups. If it happens in your small group, kick it out. All right, I'm giving you permission. Pastor Brad said so. Okay, so we don't let politics into the house. We don't let things that are in our house divide us. You wonder why Hebrews 10.24 says this, and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good. Say that word with me works. That when we're interacting with each other, it should provoke love and good works. Now I got some people that are going to come up on stage and they're going to help me with something. So come on up here, guys, you beautiful, wonderful people. Put your hands together for them as they enter the stage, please. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. So they're going to come up on stage. And so this is what happens. Hey, calm down. This is what happens is it is what, what we inevitably do is find ourselves coming into the house. And, and I don't know about all of you, but I can certainly attest to that some of you this was the case. Is that when we, we, we walk in, and how many guys have ever been hurting before? You walked in hurting, you needed somebody to help you out. How many guys have ever been in a hard place before and you needed someone to help you out? You walked into, maybe you even walked into church today or you've walked into a service in the past and, and you needed someone just to help you. You were tired. You were weary. The burden got heavy. The mileage got long. You feel like you didn't have any, any more in you. And the thing is, is, is we actually have to go from fighting with each other to fighting with each other. You see, the, the second point is, second point is that we're, we're, we have to start fighting with each other. And so what happens is, is we have these people and they're arguing and as they go back and forth and they start to get into each other's faces and, and they're arguing over trivial stuff. They're arguing over politics. Are you voting for this person? Are you voting for this person? But God didn't call us to politics. He called us to people. And we're arguing about whether or not they sing the song that we like. Not that any of that matters because we're here for lost people. It's not about my preference, it's about the person. And so we're arguing about trivial things and none of these things even, even really matter. And we're fighting with each other. But what God is telling us is we have to go from fighting with each other to where we take a step back and we start fighting with each other. Where we come alongside each other and I'm not fighting against, I'm fighting alongside that it's not about my preference anymore. It's about God putting us on mission with each other. And so many times we let things that don't matter be the reasons why we stop standing alongside our brothers and sisters. So you got your feelings hurt, get over it. Someone didn't say hi to you. They high five three other people, they didn't high five you and you think the whole world's mad at you. Get over it. There's hypocrites. We don't go to church because there's hypocrites. There's hypocrites that work at the bank. You keep cashing your check, though. Hypocrites work at the pizza joint. You're still getting delivery. hey -o. What happens is we got to start fi stop fighting with each other. Now, let me say this. We don't deal with this a lot in our church because I believe we're unified on mission to reach people. But I want to go ahead and put it into your hearts. Because the first thing God would love to do as we start to go on mission, we talked about it last week, this isn't a lifeboat 
or this is, an, uh, this is a search and rescue mission, we'll never let this lifeboat become a yacht club. The very thing God would love to do is take those of us that are unified to fight alongside each other, to reach lost people, to even take care of you and help nurture you and help you when you walk in the door and you're tired. The, what the enemy would love to do is get us so busy and distracted fighting with each other that we can't fought, fight alongside each other. But there's a common goal. And that's that we would leave the 99 every time. You want to know why? Number three, because God's love is not reckless. It is reckless. Go ahead, guys. Because God's love is not reckless. <clears throat> it's reckless. I know you're looking at me like, Pastor, uh, I think you missed the word. No, it was right. There's been a worship song that's been out for a little while now. It's called Reckless Love. You've probably heard it. And every time I hear it, I just make a weird face. Because I don't, it makes me, I don't know, it makes me feel weird. Because it, it, the, the lyrics is like the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And I don't like that word, reckless. So I'm like, ah. Uh. And then the, the next phrase is like, he chases me down, fights till I'm found. He leaves the 99. And I really like that part, but that first part I just can't get down with. So I, I, I really started, like, because I always want to sing to God the truths about God. And I was like, I don't know if this is true. And so I actually started digging. And I finally landed on this idea that he is not reckless. And even the definitions He's not reckless because reckless means carefree and careless and risky. And how many guys know God wasn't careless on the cross? Like he, he wasn't carefree. As a matter of fact, he was full of care. It means negligent and thoughtless and hopeless and inattentive and inconsiderate, mindless and uncareful and wild. And how many guys know that God was, Jesus was not mindless on the cross. He's not reckless because his love wasn't like seed to be scattered across the yard. No, no, no. God's love was precise in coming after you and me. He knew who he was coming for. John 6, says this, that no one can come to me. This is Jesus talking. He says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. That's why I know some of you have already, somebody have already eaten yours. So I'm gonna talk about it again. But the lifesavers we gave out a few weeks ago. I know some of y'all forgot to brush your teeth one morning, saw it sitting by your gear shifter and thought, you know what, Pastor Brad ain't gonna know if I eat this lifesaver. But that's why the lifesaver matters because there's gotta be at least one just one more. There's got to be at least one person that they're in front of you. One person that you think about. One person that when you reach in to grab your car keys and you feel that lifesaver, you think about them and you start praying for them that God will move on their heart, that he would give you an opportunity to declare the good news of who Jesus is so that they would come into the faith and they would meet God and that they would find him. And so we want you to know that God's love is not reckless. It's not carefree. It's not just spread out for the wind. It's, it's very precise. It's very inclusive. It's finding you. It's searching for you. It's going after you. It's leaving the 99. It's searching out the one. And even for some of us, right, like it, we, we didn't find ourselves in this place where uh, we stumbled our way into grace. How many of y'all know, how many of you, God didn't just 
let you fall face first into the reality of how much you needed Jesus. But how many of you know he awakened you to truth of how bad you needed him? When I read about Paul in the Bible, his name was Saul. He was killing Christians, persecuting them, going on the road to Damascus, and God knocked him off a horse and blinded him for three days to show him who he was. Because his love isn't reckless. It's not wild and carefree. It's precise. So he's not reckless, but he is reckless. Because the other part of that definition is that he's audacious. He's daring. He's heedless. He's, he's venturous. It's, it's regardless. He's, he's indiscreet. The Bible says that he hung naked in front of the world to pay for our sins. When he died on the cross, he went there to pay for our sins. The Bible even says that he left the riches of heaven and became poor so that you and I could become rich. He left heaven and came to earth so that you and I could have a chance to go to heaven. And so I want to read to you Ephesians 1, 5 through 8, because this is how precise Jesus is going after the one. This is how precise he's sending us out on a mission. Ephesians 1, 5 through 8 says, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us and the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. You see, God is on a mission to find those that are far from him and bring them close to him. We are on a mission to find those that are far from him and bring them close to him. We can do it because we do matter. While we're on mission, we also can take care of ourselves. Not from a faith or a grace standpoint, but we can stay on mission while we're going after the one. You matter. We're not gonna fight with each other we're going to fight alongside each other. We're going to fight with each other because God's love is not reckless in that it's carefree or accidental. It's reckless in that he would do whatever it takes to come after you and to come after me and see people that are far from God brought close to him. And how many guys know that it's time that we live together in groups and small groups. We start encouraging one another. Let's live together Lead the 99, go after the one. Let's live together. Let's lead together. If you haven't gone through growth track yet and joined the dream team, man, go through growth track. See what your purpose is and find out the team you can start using on to start building relationships, making an impact for the kingdom of God. And let's love together because the world doesn't need to hear more about Jesus from us. They need to see more of Jesus in us. Can I get an amen on that? Let's make it our mission. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we love you and we thank you that grace is so abundant in our life. And so, Father, as we come to you and we say, God, put us on mission. Help us leave the 99 every time. Help us go after the one. 
We're always going to be more focused on those that are far from you than focused on the needs and personal preferences of us that are close to you. And so God, we say thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're in this room and wherever you may be, you would say that you are far from God. Maybe you know about God, but you don't have a genuine relationship with him. You don't walk with God. But today, you're saying, Pastor, Brad, I, I need that relationship with God today. Not in a spooky, weird, I just need, I've been doing it my way and it ain't working. But I'm ready to say yes to God in my life. Right now, for some of you, he's doing a tug on your heart. You know there's something missing and he's created a, an empty space in your life that only he can fill and he's ready to do it. And so right now, I wanna ask everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. And today, if that's you, you're ready for God to take control of your life. You're ready to say yes to him. I'm not gonna to come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. See, the gospel says that Jesus left heaven and came to earth and then he died on the cross as a perfect man and as God. And when he died on the cross, he paid for my sins because we couldn't pay for them ourselves. And if you wanna be forgiven of your sins, the payment that Jesus gave us on the cross can be applied to you and it only takes one thing and that's faith. And today, if you're ready for Jesus to take control of your life and to follow after him, Here's what I ask you to do. Again, I'm not gonna embarrass you. No one from my team is gonna come to you. We're not gonna point you out. We just wanna pray for you today because we believe it's God's time for your next step. If that's you today and you're ready to say yes, you're ready to see God transform your heart. You're ready to see him give you a brand new start right where you sit. Would you just raise your hand right now? Say, that's me, pastor. I'm ready for a new beginning. God bless you. Awesome. Once you put it down, you can put it, or once you put it up, you can put it down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you. And we want to see God do something amazing in your life. Is there more that says, that's me, Brad. I, I, I need God to give me a fresh start. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Maybe you're watching us online right now and you're saying, that's me, Pastor, I, I just need a new start. I'm ready for God to give me a brand new beginning. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And this prayer, this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith in Jesus alone makes you saved. But we're gonna say a prayer together. And this prayer is gonna put words to the actions of your heart that you're believing in Jesus, that he's transformed your life. And the whole church is gonna pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. So let's do it, church. Let's pray with our friends and family. Say, dear Jesus, Forgive me, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my wrongs, make me clean, make me pure, make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later through your life, through your death and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that. Perhaps for the first time, and we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. 
For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.